Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the HTTH podcast. We got a packed show today. We're back at it after a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, got the full slate of cast members. I'm Mark Tinsley, as always. I'm here with James Howe, Josh Heath, and our surprise guest sitting in on is Marcellus Barksdale, good friend of mine from the basketball team. Follow us all on Twitter. I'm IPY at Mark Tinsley Jr. I, I'm get me at JR Howe 92. I'm Josh Heath. Marcellus Barksdale at MX Barksdale on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything else. Marcellus, appreciate you for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Um, like I said, we basically we let it all hang out on here. It's tournament time. Um, the Final Four is upon us this weekend. It's finally here. The team we talked about that we didn't want here actually made it here. And who was that? That'd be the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, man, that's just that's the home team. Man. Actually, the team, yeah, I was going to say, that's right about where you're from. That's yours, yeah. I'm not a big fan. Oh, Mark, you forgot to mention from IUPUI's basketball team. You just said the basketball IUPUI team. IUPUI forward, Marcellus Barksdale. Guard. Um, so, you know, other teams, the team I actually picked on the podcast, Michigan State, they made it. Didn't roll with them in my bracket. I did. Um, Duke, they're the other team, yeah. of course, and Wisconsin. So we got the heavyweight match, Wisconsin-Kentucky, and then Duke-Michigan State, which probably looks like the uh, – I don't know if you want to call it the, the – kind of game this weekend. You know, the little brother of the two matchups. Yeah. With I mean, UK and Wisconsin. The schedule works out, too. It's, it's kind of like the prelim, that big Wisconsin-Kentucky game. Just have seven-footers walking around everywhere on that court. So – you know, Celis, you got experience, obviously, from playing basketball. Mm-hmm. What do you see out of the Kentucky team that maybe we as journalists don't see out of a team like that? Um, really the biggest thing with a team like that is um, it's, it's really, you know, I guess, quote, unquote, an all-star team mm-hmm. in a sense. So, you know, just those guys being able to come together and do what they're doing is truly remarkable. But uh, the biggest thing and the piece to that team that a lot of people see but really don't they, they see it but really don't understand his impact is Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah, he's first team, you know, All-American. I think he was tabbed at today. But, uh, you know, everybody remembers they saw the block he had on Jerry and Grant yeah. at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, me being a little more, you know, basketball-minded, um, um, just Willie Cauley-Stein, just kind of on every play, he's really, he's really the anchor on Kentucky's defense, not necessarily with a shot-blocking ability, but with his ability when uh, – like offensive players actually fear him. So when he yeah. switches onto a ball screen, nine seven out of ten, the guy with the ball is picking it up and it really just hurts your offensive momentum, your offensive chemistry. And uh guy who's kinda out there, like, man, what, <laughs> what, what the heck? What what can yeah. I do? I can't drive by him, can't go past him. But yeah, so you know, big credit to him. I, I think the remarkable thing about that team is a lot of times when you, you try to get a team in pick and roll to get a mismatch. Mm-hmm. But even when they go pick and roll, yeah, they switch it. Collie Stein yeah. just says, "Well, I'm just going to guard your best yeah. guard because I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seven foot; I can seven slide foot, over and guard yeah. <laughs> the guard on the opposite team." And I've talked about it a few times. Like the remarkable thing about that team is, handful of McDonald's All Americans, mm-hmm. and they all have 100% bought in that I don't need 30 minutes, 40 minutes a night. We're going to buy in as a team. And we're gonna make this thing happen. And yeah. then you got Harrison just hitting yeah. shots after shot after <laughs> shot after shot when the game matters. Josh, you know I don't like to give you a lot of credit, but uh, you know you're in like the 99.999 percentile in the brackets on ESPN oh, really? <laughs> with the um, 
final four correct. Uh, you kind of put a hurting on the rest of the pool this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> With the, um, you know, it's Izzo season. and I always pick a bracket where I put Michigan State in the final four if they're above a 10 seed. I they never go against Yeah, Izzo. I mean, it's, it, we talked about it before the Big Ten tournament started, and it doesn't matter who's on that team. Izzo gets it going. It's he like gets the team to believe. Tournaments when, you know, the best coaches and – NCAA shine basically. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they did in the regular season. As cliche yeah. as that sounds. You get your team there. The best coaches stick out when the tournament's here. How's your bracket looking? I don't really. You don't feel the brackets, but uh, you know I always have a good idea. You know I can't say I've really been. The UAB upset over Iowa State. That was really, 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 really <laughs> mind-boggling. That was really the one of the few huge upsets that kind of really, really shocked me. Yeah. As far as you know, we got Georgia State going and beating Baylor. Um, you know, we played Georgia State this year. You know, they got a talented bunch of guys, a lot of high major transfers. So, um, you know, yeah, they're a mid-major, but, you know, tournament time, one game. Absolutely. You know, they're a, they're a pretty good team, and that wasn't really a surprise. Um, UC Irvine over Louisville, actually, I didn't fill the bracket out, but I felt like UC Irvine was going to beat Louisville. Really big I, Actually, team, Louisville man. beating UC Irvine was a surprise to me. Wow. Yeah, man, they got the, the, the big guy in the middle, a uh, yeah. good group of guards. And uh, I really felt like they could have pulled that out. But um, other than that, though, uh, you know, hats off to Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter who's on the team. You know, they could go with five managers, and, you know, they could make it to the Final Four. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. But. Yeah, you mentioned Georgia State. I want to ask you, it's been a few months, so it might be a little not fresh for you, but uh, RJ mm -hmm. Hunter announced that he's going to the draft yeah. today. What do you think about that? Just getting um, a matchup with him on the court this last year. Oh man, that's really you know him declaring for the draft. You know, it wasn't a surprise, especially yeah. after him, you know, having the success he had um, in his conference tournament, leading his team to the yeah. um, NCAA tournament, and then with the upset win over Baylor. So really, you know, kind of got to go when it's hot. And for him, you know, being a mid-major school, mid-major player, he's a Sun Belt Player of the Year twice. Yeah, finally got his team to a tournament, won a tournament game. There's really nothing left for him to really prove on this level. So you know, I feel like he can. He'll be a you know mid to late first round draft pick. I think that's actually going to work in his favor. You know he's going to be on a team with a guy in front of him, kind of yeah. coach him up. Uh, got a good chance to get a lot of experience, better feel for the game. So uh, you know I think the the sky is really the limit for him, and uh, I feel like he Absolutely. can be a, be a great pro. You know that game against IUPUI was basically the game. You know you don't watch a lot of Georgia State mm -hmm. being here. I mean you don't. You can't yeah, find you just it. can't find them. Yeah. That game really was. The reason why I picked them to upset Baylor, I mean, the Big 12 was, I kind of felt like kind of an overrated conference um, to begin with. But, you know, they had an off game when they played at the fairgrounds. Um, and, you know, it in the tournament, you get hot, you can win a game by just your shooting. I mean, we've seen it multiple times with different guys. But it was interesting to see the run that they went on with – you know, you got the father-son. You got Ron getting hurt. You got Kevin Ware's Kevin Ware on the team. From the ashes. You got Brian Harrow on the team. Like you said, these are yeah. high-quality transfers. One play at Louisville, one play at Kentucky, and they had a lot of good role-playing guys that really didn't get a lot of credit. Um, but of course, when your son sinks a 35-footer to win the game, I actually thought they could beat whoever they matched up mm -hmm. with in the second round, and then they kind of just got steamrolled a little bit. Yeah, I think Xavier, I think Xavier, yeah, Xavier. Size just got to him. Yeah. 
I mean, mid major. Uh, I mean, you know, mid major schools. It's hard to pull in seven footers. Like, yeah, for sure. Like for sure. the big, uh, big E schools and yeah, everything. That's why that three point line. That's kind of that equalizer. Yeah. You know, it kind of gives the the mid majors a more of a fighting chance. Yeah. I guess you could say. So. Absolutely. So it's this is. I mean, a lot of people say they want to see the upset. Blah blah blah. Until you get to around this time, because yeah. then you want the blue bloods in the game. Yeah. Because you want Krzyzewski, you want Bo Ryan, you want Calipari, you want Izzo, you want Patino. I mean, that's who you want in the in these games. Obviously, the Wisconsin Kentucky matchup is probably the one that most people will want to see. But you know, I mean, coaching alone in that second game, you know, Coach K is going to come up with something to negate. Ja Okafor as much as possible. Yeah. They played earlier in the Champions Classic in early December. Those games, you know, those really don't mean mm-hmm. much anymore. Um, of course, Duke beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin back in December. Um, so all these teams have been kind of tied together. What do you What do you guys think as far as like best matchups that you see on the court? Um, and there's some hell of matchups off the court as well mm-hmm. with coaching. You know. Ryan trying to get the upper hand on Calipari, Izzo, Coach K. What do you guys think's maybe even not the best matchup, but the most exciting matchup? Uh, I really – I'm interested in seeing the young guys from Duke go up against Trice. Mm-hmm. Trice is just – ever since the Big Ten tournament hit, I mean, he's – I mean, all of his experience has come out, and it's just flowing through better each game. So, you know, it, it, sometimes freshmen can struggle against all that experience, and – if uh, he doesn't let up at all, Michigan State could very, very easily get past Duke and be another seven seed in the national mm-hmm. championship game. Yeah, I think also, too, the Kentucky game, Mark and I talked about it earlier about Frank Kaminsky. You know, Kentucky hasn't played anyone like Frank Kaminsky in the tournament. And I think he can really compete with the bigs that Kentucky has. So I think that's a real good matchup to look for because if anybody can beat Kentucky now, it's definitely Wisconsin. If Kentucky beats Wisconsin, I think they basically win the national championship. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the most interesting matchup is Kentucky's answer for Sam Decker. Oh, you know, man. Sam Decker being, you know, a, a guy out on the perimeter, you know, about 6'7", good body size, athletic, can shoot it. Um, I think he's bigger than the Harrison twins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think – I guess UK would probably most likely probably end up with Trey Lyles on him maybe. Um, I want to really see if, if Lyles or really whoever they throw at Decker can, can kind of slow him down. I really think that will be the key. Uh, Kaminsky, um, you know, I think – Kali Stein, again, I think he can – him and Kaminsky, that would be a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the upper hand going to Kali Stein, you know, of, of course, you know, with his defense. But uh, I feel like in order for Wisconsin to really pull this game off, they're going to need a big uh, big game from Sam Decker and uh, the, the point guard. Uh, not Jackson, but uh, the backup point guard. What's his, what's his name? Oh, Kanan. man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kanan. Bronson Koenig. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, you know, him, him again, uh, he's a big bigger guard, about 6'5". Um, you know, we talked about the Harrison twins and everything. Yeah. but. Uh, you know, these Wisconsin guys, are they're big as well. Not yeah. necessarily front line, but backcourt on the perimeter. You know, oh, yeah. they might have Kentucky beat size-wise in that battle in that arena. So I feel like, you know, that'll be an interesting matchup right there. So if you're Coach Ryan and you're coming up with a game plan on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. whenever he's putting the final touches on it, what are you, what are you focusing on mm-hmm. to, I don't know if you want to negate their size. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of stuck with the thing all year of you don't want to try to match size with Kentucky mm-hmm. because no team yeah, you don't, you can match that, size with Kentucky. You're not going to go into a game with Kentucky and say, <laughs> okay, we're just going to try to out-physical them mm-hmm. and beat them that way. You beat them by, one, having good guard play, which I think Wisconsin has. Two, 
you need a guy who can hit shots. And down the stretch in the Notre Dame game, I think that's where Notre Dame kind of lost it because, you know, Grant being the senior, being the leader, he kind of, I think we talked about it yeah, the last few possessions, he kind of went shot. hero Final ball. three possessions just. And, kind of you know, that's playing right into the hands of Kentucky. And they had no answer for Towns. And I was, I was amazed that um, about six possessions in a row they – decided to leave Zach August on him by himself without trying to help him out at all. So what are you implementing if you're Wisconsin to mm-hmm. have your best matchup against Kentucky? Um, the biggest thing in that regard is for the players' confidence, from their sake, you, you got to realize too, you know, yeah, Kentucky, they're undefeated, this and that, but you, Calipari's got to devise a game plan as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just kind of – you can't get caught up in, you know, figuring out, you know, how – what we're going to do to Kentucky for them to beat us. You know, we got to figure out what – are we gonna do collectively to kind of you know they gotta they gotta match us too? Yeah. And I really think an interesting stat really UK has been out rebounded off on the offensive oh, yeah. glass. You know they're being killed off on the offensive glass. And I think uh, you know if I'm if I'm Bo Ryan, you know get good shots and crash the glass and you know have one guy back. Um, you know that's the biggest thing. I feel like they can get a couple opportunities uh, around the basket as far as offensive rebounds go. But um, other than that, you just got to come out. You can't be scared. Yeah. <laughs> can't be scared at all. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a couple guys to really, you know, play outside of themselves, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, whether it's um, the guy, Nigel. Uh, was it Nigel Hayes, yeah. yeah. Nigel Hayes, maybe if it's him, you know, having to really just kind of step his game up, his production up, because, you know, it's going to take one of those guys he's coming out of nowhere to really, yeah. really give them a fighting chance to really pull that upset off. Seemed like Notre Dame had it mm-hmm. in the bags for 38 minutes. And then once their legs got kind of tired, they kind of started getting scared. Couldn't drive it to the basket, really. Zach August kind of – I mean, he showed out for that first yeah. 30-so minutes and then got a few fouls, um, and it kind of took him out of the game mentally. That's another big thing is you'll find out early on how much the refs are going to let them bang down low. You saw it in the Texas game against Kentucky. They didn't let them play at all, mm-hmm. and it resulted in a lot of fouls. Um, Wisconsin is a lot deeper than Notre Dame. I think that plays a factor in it. Notre Dame, they really couldn't pull anyone off the bench and negate. Yeah, they, they were really young off the bench with uh, Bonzi Colson and guys like that. So, so when you know when that hurts when someone's struggling. I mean, their two best players probably in the tournament were Vestoria, probably Connaughton. And Connaughton. Jaron Grant, I think he played every minute of every tournament game. <laughs> so by the time you get to an Elite Eight game, you just have nothing left. And I think it showed late in the game. Um, the other matchup, though, I'm intrigued, if nothing else, because of the coaches. Yeah. Duke is the most talented team out of the two with Jao Kafir, Tyus Jones, Winslow, the other Jones. I mean, they, they beat a really good Gonzaga team. That could fill it up. Um, but Michigan State, Travis Trice is playing out of his mind ever since he got back into the starting lineup. Denzel Valentine made some plays yesterday that literally dropped my jaw. Um, and then he turned around and made some plays that looked like uh, Izzo was going to take him out and <laughs> strangle him out. Izzo's reactions this season have just Classic. They've been <laughs> some of the best parts of their games, especially at the IU game when he – Fake fainted on the court. You know, he makes the pass where he drives all the way down to the block and then rifles it out to Travis Trice for the three in overtime. Yeah. And then I think the next possession or two possessions after, he comes up and pulls a 30-footer with about 16 to go on the shot clock. 
Um, that's a that's a team that has a lot of leadership because they've been there forever. They got Brandon Dawson. Yeah, we, we've mentioned Trice. Costello is going to be huge in this game because they're going to be him and Schilling are going to be back and forth on Ja Okafor. Um, you guys have a way you're kind of leaning in this matchup, one um, way or another. Like I said, it, I think it's going to come down to you know Brandon Dawson has to be a presence down low, like he he's very capable of, and he's done much much of the time this season. But uh, I think Trice is the X factor. The young guys, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a, uh, it's going to be how the young guys on Duke react to Trice's experience, because I think he can outsmart them throughout the entire game. But uh, that Duke, those guys are so talented. Winslow and all of them. Okafor, you know, I I think it's going to be fun to watch him. You know, just I think it's fun to watch him every time he mm-hmm. touches the ball on the offensive side because he's so talented in the post and some of the moves he pulls off kind of drops my jaw too. So if I'm leaning one way, I'd say Duke just because of the talent, but I think Trice, I think Trice is the answer for Michigan State if they get it done. Josh, I think your um, bracket has Duke going to the final game. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I mentioned earlier about never betting against Izzo and you know, when it comes to the final four, I never really go against Krzyzewski either. So I, I like this Duke team to go to the national championship. Um, me personally, I'm really excited to see that uh, Quinn Cook and yeah. Travis Trice match up. Um, you know, Quinn Cook, you know, he's a veteran guy. Um, and he's a senior, four-year player. Uh, yeah. I think he started off four years nearly, or at least three of the four. And, um, you know, he's really, really been huge and paramount for the success of the Duke team. Um, you know, whenever they need a shot, you know, he's knocking them down. Free throw line, you know, he's nearly automatic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his leadership, especially with Tyus Jones um, and them in the backcourt, really – you know, they're the only handlers on the floor yeah. for Duke at all times. And, um, you know, I think yesterday they, they only had two turnovers the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga had about 13, yeah. which, you know, you, you get, you know, have 10 more turnovers in your opposing team. You know, that's usually going to result in a loss. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just really interested to see that. And I'm really interested to see if, uh, you know, Duke, I mean, Michigan State can um, kind of have the, have the leadership, the senior ability yeah. to just – really take care of the ball. I think if um, the turnovers are even, it'll be a great game mm-hmm. um, from from the wire or from the start down to the wire. So, um, you know, I, that turnover battle is really going to be the deciding factor in that game right there. Neither, uh, neither of you guys mentioned it, so I, I was hoping you guys didn't. But good things happen to Duke when they play in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a very good point there. I, I, think I don't know what the magic comes from with them traveling from North Carolina here, but it happens. About 300 fans from Durham, and the rest are swearing <laughs> they've been Duke fans since the, since the 80s. But when they get here, they, good things happen for them. I mean, they won a national title a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they so got another one here, too. Yeah, they, they've got two here. Yeah, they, they have two so, here. So, you know, they like playing in Indianapolis. But I think um, another small thing to mention, too, is that they've been really close in the games. And I think they ended that game against Gonzaga on a 12-0 run in the last four yeah. minutes of the game, yeah. too. So. They, they can close things out. And I think, you know, all three of these teams, all four of them actually, you know, have a very good ability to – like when the game gets close, that's when they get their best. Um, Louisville kind of bailed Michigan State out a few times because Rozier just was on a mission to see how many bad shots he could take. <laughs> um, and that kind of hurt them. 
think he might have been like six for 21, and that's yeah. that's not going to get the job done against Michigan State. But I don't I don't see any way that either of these games gets out of hand from either side unless Kentucky comes out and just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think e- any other team, either of the three teams besides Kentucky, have the real ability to um, blow a team out. Mm-hmm. Unless Duke starts hitting for three or if Michigan State comes out fire from three. Mm-hmm. But they really only have one guy from three that's going to hurt you, and that's Trice. Other than that, they want to they wanna grind it out. But I think, you know, two games down there, I think we're in for a hell of a show. Um I think, there's, I think there's no doubt about that. You guys got a way you're leaning on that one? Uh, I picked Kentucky. Um, in my honest opinion, I thought Notre Dame was the game for them to lose. Uh, the way they played that first game this past weekend against West Virginia showed me how good they are when they got three days to plan. So I, I can't pick against the Wildcats. For monetary purposes and the sake of my bracket, I have to go with Wisconsin. <laughs> but uh, – Deep down, I have this feeling that Kentucky's just going to be too much for him. Uh, I have to go with Kentucky versus Duke in the national championship. I'm just really praying for a good game. I think yeah. that Michigan State yeah, Duke game is going to be a great game. I think that'll be you know one for the ages from start to finish. But um, you know UK is they're a dangerous team. You know things can get out of hand very quickly. So I think you know it's going to be important for Wisconsin to kind of you know get out to a great start, yeah. um, get about a six point cushion, um, maybe even a halftime really because you know UK they just they could turn it up like that yeah. in an instant, and next thing you know, you're down 15 and the yeah. game's over. So, um, you know, I think UK will, you know, eventually pull that one out. And uh, I'm going to go with the upset. I think Izzo's going to get the boys okay. there. And uh, I'll go Michigan State with UK in the finals. And, uh, you know, it's killing me. I'm not a big UK fan. I don't even know what would happen. <laughs> I don't know what would happen in Lexington if, if the Wildcats lost this weekend. Oh, um, you wow. know, I know guys were – I think the city was on suicide watch on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I tell you what, here in Indiana, it'll be a, a wild party. I was gonna say lose. about ninety percent of them will be up here. Yeah, man. man. I got the, you know, people are hitting me up. Sell us, what's up, man? I'll be, <laughs> in, I'll be in Indy, you know, Wednesday. <laughs> blah blah blah. But, uh, That's the one thing I will say, man. It, I poke fun at them because I don't like them. I'm an IU fan, but they everywhere they go, they turn it into mm-hmm. UK whatever. Whether mm-hmm. it be here when the Champions Classic was here, Cleveland. It was, I mean, it was all, all blue. Yeah, the 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 part in Louisville too, the second and third round it is now. I mean, it is in Louisville, but uh, I think it was ninety percent Kentucky fans. They sold out the Yum for their uh, open yeah. practice the uh, the night before yeah. in Louisville. But um, even going back to the preseason, um, you know, this past summer they went to uh, I think they were in the Dominican Republic yeah. or Puerto Rico, one of the two. Yeah, and uh, you know they they were selling out arenas down <laughs> there, you know, in, in August. So, you know, that the fan base really, you know, just growing up, being a part of it, um, you know, being that around that environment, it's truly like nothing I've ever seen. Um, you know, people claim, you know, their, you know, schools have the best fans, but um, hands down, you know, the, the Big Blue Nation is yeah. is second to none, you know, and they're, they're kind of standing alone in that regard. And, I mean, you know, that it helps that they're the only game in town, really. Yeah. Um, because here you have yeah, so much exactly. to cheer for. Yeah, yeah. Down there you have exactly. Louisville or you have Kentucky. Yeah. Okay, Louisville, you know, that's a red or blue. You know, the, the blood is, you know, shed over <laughs> that rivalry. You know, house is divided, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 nothing, it's like nothing else. And, you know, just being able to experience that growing up is 
pretty cool. So, and you know, I think a good thing for um, a lot of people in Indy is the business because mm. all four teams are going to yeah. be spending loot. Oh uh, yeah, when they get here with Kentucky, I mean, they bring pockets uh, full of cash. Yeah, I mean, from just a like. Like a tourist. I mean, Only thing that's going to be hurting is airport because <laughs> yeah, you don't have to fly, fly in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got four pretty centralized teams around Indiana. And Duke, I think, has the longest travel. That's North Carolina. It's so, like, not a crazy drive. It's a yeah, drive, yeah. I guess you could say. But I guess the more luxurious will fly in. But yeah. um, you know, that kind of hurts in that regard. But oh, yeah. know, it also does make it more accessible, I guess you could say. It's going to sell out regardless. Oh, but, yeah. uh, I would venture to say this is probably going to be, um, you know, Darren Ravel. He always tweets out mm-hmm. ticket prices. This will probably be, I mean, the hardest ticket to get. Um, and I wouldn't want to see prices if Duke and Kentucky play in the national title game. I think those will be it's priceless <laughs> through the roof. Um, Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, just a championship. Ticket. <laughs> just a championship game on Monday. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of Kentucky fans assume they're going to be there. StubHub's $336. A ticket. Yeah. It's, like we said, I, we're all hoping for good games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin wins, but I don't see it either. And I don't think Duke has enough firepower to mess with them. I don't think Michigan State would have enough firepower to mess with them. Um, it's going to pain me to see them go 40-0 <laughs> just because of tradition and the team that I root for. Yeah. But, you know, they've the only thing that might stop it is the way that they've been roller coaster here lately when yeah. they play a great game, they play they follow it up with a bad game. So win this game big, next thing you know, turn around, national yeah. championship, it's going to be a nail-biter. In that unless, unless someone talks – stuff about them because then as soon as someone mentions something they turn it up and beat you by <laughs> West points. Virginia learned that the hard way very hard way so we'll go to the uh, pros now yeah our team here Pacers they're kind of struggling a bit still waiting on the uh, mythical return of number 13 he's by all accounts ready for the court um Celis, you went through an injury yeah, well, I had the uh, the Jones fracture on my fifth metatarsal uh, foot, same injury as Kevin Durant uh, mm-hmm. most recently. But uh, I actually broke mine again too, oh, and wow. uh, you know it's kind of one of those tough injuries. I saw him playing, you know, you know earlier in the year and everything, and you know I'm like, man, he's back and everything, and people are like, you know, KD's back, blah blah blah. But it's one of those injuries. It's in such a fragile spot of your foot that you're really one minor cut from you know being back in square one. So you know, hoping he can get back, you know, next season. What's the mindset of Paul George coming back? Mm-hmm. I mean, it by accounts, it's all he's physically fine. Um, the biggest thing now is probably the mental side of it, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never suffered anything even close outside of a hangnail Mark. to that. <laughs> um, and I don't play professional basketball. Yeah, that too. Um, where, you know, your athleticism, your explosiveness mm-hmm. is the thing that makes him go. What's the – What's going to be the thing that's going to maybe stop him from coming back or getting back to that level when he does get back? Um, really, the main thing is, as a player going through an injury like that, you know, I, I, my injuries, I've never been, you know, I've never had a bone sticking out of yeah. my body or anything, but, you know, I, I have broken a few bones. But um, just you feel like you're ready to get back. You know, you, you spend months, you know, training your body, your mind and everything to get back on the court. And, you know, you, you 
as a player, you know, you think of yourself as always being on the highest level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Paul George, you know, he's not necessarily thinking about, you know, games he struggled. You know, he's thinking about, you know, I'm Paul George, yeah. the superstar. And, um, you know, just kind of, you know, you don't really factor in reality. Like, you know, it's going to take you some time, even once you get back on the court. There's oh, no yeah, substitute yeah. for playing an actual, you know, NBA game, actual competition. You know, you can practice all you want. You know, you can run up down the floor and dunk all you want. But until you're able to solidify and, you know, kind of earn your stripes again mm -hmm. on the court in an actual game, you know, I don't think, you know, you'll be able to really do that. And, too, you know, going forward, you want to be very, very cautious. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, the Pacers, you know, you, you don't want them to have another setback. So, you know, I can understand, you know, holding him out still. You know, I'm not even sure if I was, uh, you know, Larry Bird in the front office with the Pacers. I probably wouldn't even play him okay. this season. I'd just rather, you know, see him, you know, just – Really just have a whole whole year to make sure, you know, starting next season, he's full go. Yeah. No setbacks. So. Yeah, and there I mean, there's talk that um even if he does go or doesn't, you he's gonna go to camp with USA. Yeah. So you think if you're a Pacers <coughs> front office guy, you'd rather see him take his first real game with the USA team? Well, I don't necessarily think it's so much of the the environment he's playing. Okay. But more so just the time. So if the okay, NBA season yeah. was, you know, going on in in June, June okay. you'd be back playing in June. Yeah, all right. But, you know, this kind of – it's more so the timeline of it. Yeah. And actually, you know, I'd like for him to be able to have that opportunity in the summer with USA if it's his first time getting his feet wet back on the court yeah. to really, you know, gain some confidence and really start yeah. to get back in his groove. Okay, I got you. And they got, I think, ten games left, nine games left, whatever it is. They're fighting for the eighth seed for dear life. I mean, all these games are must-win down the stretch because of the teams that they play. Every team that they play almost is right there with them yeah. in seeding. Um, he's not going to come in and be the Paul George that we've yeah. seen the past two years. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's I think we're all on that, that you're not going to get arguably a top five player back when he gets back on the court. But I think the one thing that he can provide mm -hmm. is the juice I agree. to the team that has kind of looked flat when they're not wearing a Flojo jersey. <laughs> um, and they're 5-0 and in those jerseys. After, There's some magic after in After streaks <laughs> of, you know, you win, what is it, I think it was 13 out of 15 or something, yeah, and you lose like 6 of seven, 7, and then you wear those jerseys, and then you win Sunday against Dallas. So I think he provides – you know, he mentioned something about he doesn't want to disrupt chemistry, which I thought was yeah. a complete <laughs> PR move um, on his part. After, you know, it he got all messed up when he said he wanted to return in mid-March. Mm -hmm. That ended up not happening. So now you got 20 reporters around your locker trying to get the scoop on when you're returning because you said you were returning here and you're, now you're not. He comes out, backtracks basically saying, you know, well, we want to wait till everything's good. Um, and now your team's flat and you not wanting to disrupt chemistry is you saying you don't want to come in and take minutes from Solomon Hill and Damian Rudez. Yeah. I mean, you're not taking minutes from – That's what that turned into, really. You're not taking minutes from Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, you're taking minutes from guys who are backups. So I think more than the 23 points a game, I think he just gives the team the juice – George Hill's playing well. David West has played better. You were there yeah. recently um, when he doesn't have some weird eye infection. 
that he had. And Roy Hibbert's Roy Hibbert. Just, you know, at the beginning of the season, I wanted the team to get a good draft pick. That obviously didn't happen because Frank Vogel coached him up well above probably the team is. And now they're basically in basketball hell in eight nine. Yeah, you're, you're, where you you're, really don't want to be. You're just stuck there right at the very end of the lottery. I mean, that's not the best place to be. But you know, I, Mark Mark Boyle, voice of the Pacers, he said, you know, if you're a playoff team, there's never been a bad thing about saying you're a playoff team, even if you're an eight or you're a one. So, I, I was full on. Okay, just wipe this season out before it started. I said let them get a draft pick, but once I saw the fight they started to have in December and January, I, I want to see them fight and get the eight spot. Or, I mean, I guess the seven's even open right now too. And anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. I mean, you're an eight seed going against the one, but the one's not a typical one. Mm-hmm. A very good one, but, you know, it's not – in the West, where you got yeah, – It's not a LeBron James fronted one. Golden yeah. State, Miami, the Bulls when Derrick Rose was fully healthy. Um, transition a little bit back to college level. Just overall, I know it's been a while since you guys ended the season in the Summit League tournament. What do you think of the season overall in Gardner's first year? You know, a lot of new pieces. Uh, what do you guys think overall? Um, you know – Right when the season ended, you know, and nobody wants the, the season to end. Yeah. You know, I was kind of, you know, really frustrated and stuff in that locker room, you know, especially with that last game. But, I mean, after stepping away um, for a while and, you know, really clearing my head and then reflecting back on it, um, it was actually a successful year. Actually, you know, more than I really realized during the season. Um, the coaching staff, you know, Coach Gardner and his entire staff, you know, they really had a one of the best years you can have as a coach and as a coaching staff, especially being a first-year coach. Um, you know, just the overall feel for the program. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, internally, we've always felt that even, you know, I felt that, you know, immediately when I met him, actually, um, you know, I, I was going to transfer um, this time last year. And then, you know, upon first meeting with Coach Gardner, um, you know, it was like instant, you know, this, this is this is a new program. You know, this is my guy, my coach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it kind of gets – Kind of had that assurance right from the jump with me personally, but um, you know it's it's really hard to explain, but I mean Coach Gardner he, he he's an infectious leader, um so you know his leadership you know his style kind of just rubs off on everybody that he's around, yeah. um even you know us with amongst the guys but even other coaches in the league, um you know after every game, you know opposing players coaches you know you, you're walking past you know shaking hands and you know. My first three years at IEPY, you know, people just kind of looking down on you, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're like the laughing stock of the league. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this year you're like, okay. Oh, you know, yeah. Teams are looking at you like, okay, these these dudes can really play. And, you know, going forward, um, you know, I feel like we've kind of laid the foundation mm-hmm. um, for the future here at IEPY. And, um, you know, we've ha- we're having some, you know, just happens in basketball, some, you know, the team makeup is going to be different next year than it was this past year. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's nothing unnormal for a college basketball team yeah. this time of year. And um, the surprising thing is, you know, people are actually, you know, reaching out to me, other players and things. You know, IEPY is a place that, you know, people see what's going on here and want to be a part oh, of yeah. it. You know, Absolutely. that's really a, a big transition. But it really does say a lot about the job that uh, Coach Gardner and uh, my teammates and I were able to do this year. Absolutely. So.
so many times you look at the win-loss record mm-hmm. when you're, you know, just – you don't look deep past the win-loss record. They look at the record and say, oh, that wasn't a good team. But there were eight, nine, ten games where this team was one or two possessions away from beating a Georgia State, beating mm-hmm. an Eastern Kentucky who was a really good team, beating a lot of teams in the Summit League where – Gardner would mention it almost after every game how he's learning just as much as mm-hmm. the players are learning because it's his first year. His impact, I mean, even opposing players said, yeah, you know, Coach Gardner has the program going in the right direction. Um, Indiana State, that was another game that was right down to the wire. Um, so team makeup, you know, every team goes through it. Uh, what are you guys? What are you guys focusing on going into next year? Um, really, you know, we we we've lost some guys. You know, I'm not going to name them individually, but um, you know, we we've lost a few guys. Um, but you know, we had four transfers that had to sit out all last year that have yeah. been here on IEPY students working out. You know, they're 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 with us. They're a part of our team. Even last year, even though they weren't playing, you know, they were the guys every day. You know, preparing us in order to be in those situations to where, you know, we're we're able to you know, have a chance to win games at the end. A lot of credit goes to them. So, um, you know, four transfers sitting out coming in um, that can really, really play and that have played at this level before mm-hmm. and had a success. So um, that's that's really the biggest addition to the team at this okay. point. Um, you know, two young freshmen coming in that uh, can really play some ball. Uh, T.J. Henderson here at um, from India to see, at Cicena. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been up here, you know, you know, with him being in the city. Uh, you know, he's like – He's always around. Yeah. So, you know, that's an advantage for him. Then, um, you know, got another guy, um, Evan Hall from uh, Knott County Central back in mm-hmm. Kentucky. Um, you know, he's, he's a great player. Yeah. Um, you know, physical, big-bodied, uh, kind of four, four or five guy, okay. athletic, that can really come in and do some good things. But, um, you know, more so than not, just having guys get experience this year, um, you know, has really been a great thing. You know, we had guys play – Everybody really played this year. You know, we, we were playing 11, 12 guys all season, and that just doesn't happen. But, you know, going forward, you know, everybody's gotten their feet wet. Everybody knows what to expect. Everybody knows what it takes to win at this level. So, What's the message cool. Coach gave you guys after the year? What's he want you guys to work on? Um, get better. You know, we right now the time individually where you have to step your game up. Um, I know shooting was a big bowl for us. Um, and really, you know, myself included, just we got to be able to knock shots down. You know, we, we got to be able to spread defenses. We got to be able to just, you know, if we're able to hit a few more shots in certain times of games, you know, good looks, you know, the whole complexion of our season is different. Um, so really just be able to knock shots down and um, just be more physical, a little more tough, um, being able to throw punches rather than, you know, taking a punch and then wanting to get going. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, establishing our dominance um, early on. So. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I was just going to ask um, – I mean, how how much does it hurt losing Kufu and Dave Ron? Uh, man, Dave Ron and Kufu, um, leadership wise, you know, they were big leaders. Um, especially, you know, Dave Ron, he was able to, you know, really do a good job. Um, you know, just kind of being our our anchor inside. And uh, you know, Kufu, he was kind of up and down all year as far as his health. But um, yeah. you know, when he gets going, you know what I mean. It's a, he's, he's, he's he's a scorer. But um, you know, I think having those guys that were out, being able to be a part of the team this year and see the leadership that, you know, Kufu and yeah. Ryan kind of, um, you know, brought to the team, it'll kind of trickle down to them. And then having me back as well, um, you know, personally, um, this year was a big year for me as far as leadership goes, mm-hmm. being able to, 
you know, adjust to a team, a different dynamic of a team, and being able to kind of, you know, find my way and help others find their way. I think, uh, you know, going forward, you know, I'll be able to really, really um, elevate my leadership. Yeah, and, uh, sounds good. You know, really run the team. So. Kind of bouncing off of what you just said about, you know, some of the transfers coming in and stuff, and you being in that leadership role too, like what are some of the messages you give to them about, you know, the direction of IEPY basketball? Um, well, the thing is, it's not really that I have to give them a direction because mm -hmm. they've been here. So, you know, we're all on the same page, um, you know, they're eager, they're excited to get on the court. There's nothing worse than missing a whole year of basketball and sitting out in a close game down to the wire. And you feel like you're sitting down and you can contribute yeah. to the team. Um, so really that, that hunger is just one thing. You, you know, I can't really, I've been in those shoes before, but it's one thing, you know, I can't tell them that, but it's one thing that's understood, one thing that's known. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited, they're excited, and uh, we're looking to make the most of it this offseason. Big difference from going from the jungle to the fairgrounds coliseum. Uh, huge difference, man. Huge <laughs> difference. Uh, you know, we, we actually just finished the workout in the jungle now, and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's it's a good practice gym. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it's, it is. It's a great practice gym, but um, you know, at being at the coliseum, um, it's exciting for the players, um, yeah. especially as a recruiting tool. You know, you're in a facility that you know you want people to come see you play in, and uh, you know, especially you know, being able to win. You know, you're a few wins from being able to, you know, really, really change the whole complexion of that, Absolutely. actually having fans in there and everything. So, um, you know, the future's looking very good. So. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We're going to try to uh, get our schedule down packed for these episodes. We've been struggling a little yeah. bit. As always, the HTTHpodcast.com for previous episodes. All of our articles, we will have mock draft articles going up pretty soon for the NFL draft. We're about a month away now. Um, again, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mark Tinsley Jr. Follow the podcast at the HTTH podcast. And get me again at JRHAL92. I'm at I'm Josh Heath. At MX Barksdale. Stellis, appreciate you for joining us. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks. Guys, thanks for having me. It was fun. we'll talk to you again next week.